right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time that. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with you for another edition of RCST. Go until 6 o'clock once again today. We've got more RCST trivia coming at you here in the 4 o'clock hour. We're also going to be joined by Scott Jason of 24-7 Sports and... <laughs> that was honestly just like a brain fart right there. He is no longer with 24-7 Sports. Scott Jason, formerly with 24-7 Sports, um, is going to join us. We're going to do a basketball draft of TV and movie characters who um, have murdered someone in their TV show or, or movie, uh, and we're going to do a basketball draft with those. So I have no idea where we're going to go with that, but that should be interesting coming up with Scott here in about 35 minutes. Some news to get to KU-related on the basketball front and then just overall athletics uh, for basketball, Kansas, the men's team was scheduled to open up the season on November 2nd, technically open up the season exhibition game against Pitt state that has been moved to Thursday, November 3rd. And the reason why, again, that'll be an exhibition game against Pitt state is Kansas volleyball hosts the sunflower showdown against Kansas State that Wednesday, November 2nd. So they don't want the double conflict. Uh, they're going to move basketball. It's going to be November 3rd for that game. So if you have that marked on your calendar, you're going to want to change that. The other piece of news, Mass Strategies announced a $1.5 million NIL gift from, uh, uh, I would assume, a booster, Brad Garlinghouse. And uh, Matt Beatty has rebranded the what was previously uh, NIL branded company that was kind of running things to mass strategy. So that's what that is kind of the NL NIL stuff. And um, that's just kind of of note. You see like the Texas tech news about how, you know, every player is going to be on scholarship for them for football is going to get $25,000 and it's like a hundred players. So in theory, that's two and a half million dollars. That's going to be paid to the players each and every year. How do these other schools keep up with it? How do these other schools deal with that? Well, here's KU's answer. They have this, you know, that's one and a half million dollars right there to do with, I don't know, whether it'll be basketball, whether it be football, whether it be just everything in general, you don't know. This is also something that that uh, you see the challenge facing the schools um, that, you know, these schools, because for the longest time, all of these athletic departments, all of these schools across the country, like this is how it works in, in, in athletics. If you if you make forty million dollars, if you bring in forty million dollars, you then spend forty million dollars, right? So it, it cuts even. So then you make fifty million, let's say it goes up. Now you make fifty million dollars. It doesn't all of a sudden just go, hey, now we have a ten million dollar surplus. Great. No, you you change things up, you you have more jobs, guys start making more money, you start using more money on other facilities, whatever it is. Now you're spending fifty million dollars, right? So all of a sudden, if you're used to spending, say, $50 million, and now you're going to get $10 million left less of donations that are now going to these NIL companies. 
they're not all of a sudden going to go, okay, well, this is what we get. Like, they're going to be scrambling for more money. So that's part of the challenges for the universities. And part of the reason we are seeing some of this uh, conference realignment stuff going down is the idea that, hey, we need to bring in more money from TV revenue to make up for the losses that we're not bringing in from donations because those donations are just going to NIL money so that because the boosters want to see good players at their school and they'd rather see that than, you know, donate some amount of money to the university. So just kind of interesting stuff there uh, as we see that. Uh, today, we are doing the KU football position preview, though, of the interior defensive line. We did the edge defensive ends, whatever you want to call it, on yesterday's show. Obviously, KU plays a 4-3, uh, transitioned over from a, a 3-4. We saw him with Clint Bowen playing a lot of that, like, uh, 3-3-5 stack. Um, but now with a 4-3, you get the two on the outside, you get the two on the inside. Not really any losses of note on the uh, interior of the defensive line. And I think similar to those edge positions, you have a lot of guys returning to this team who aren't just returning, but are returning for like a fifth year or a sixth year or something like that. There's a lot of experience on this front line. Caleb Sampson is the most notable. He's the guy who, if you told me outside of Lonnie Phelps, you brought in via transfer at the edge, who's going to contend the most for being an all big 12 candidate. Caleb Sampson would be the guy six foot three, 305 pounds. He's a super senior. He has played his last three years at Kansas after he played one year at Coahoma Community College. He's up 13 pounds from where he was last year when he already had a pretty good season. He played 12 games a season ago, started in 10 of them, had 24 tackles, three and a half TFLs and a sack. Obviously, for defensive tackles and defensive linemen, the biggest part about doing your job isn't always putting up stats and putting up tackles. It's taking on blockers. It's doing what you need to do in the scheme to free off your linebacker so they can make the tackle. Um, but he had a 66 grade on pro football focus, which was 64 against the run. He was 75 as a tackler, 64 in pass rush. And that actually, it ranked 14th of 34 eligible interior defensive linemen in the big 12 on pro football focus. So again, I, I mentioned this yesterday and, and it's something that you kind of strive for here. If in theory there are 10 teams in the Big 12 and you have 34 eligible players by snap count on this list, in theory you want your first string in the top 10 because that would mean you have, you know, you're in line with one of the 10 best at that position along with every other team in your conference. Then you want your second best to at least be top 20. Then you want your third best to at least be top 30. So you just missed out on the top 10, but he was close enough and he was certainly the highest ranked for KU. He's played 33 games in his career, seven and a half career tackle for loss. I could see him having a very big year this season. Uh, Keenan Caldwell is another returner, six foot three, 315 pound junior. He's a former three-star recruit. He has three years left to play. Played in 11 games last year, started seven, had 13 tackles. The grade's not as great, 47 on pro football focus, which actually ranked last 34 of the 34 eligible players on pro football focus in the Big 12. He was 45 against the run, 62 as a tackler, 55 as a pass rusher. He does have some experience, and you hope that he can take a big step this year, but he it's always that balance of experience versus experience that, you know, went well. Like, obviously, if you're experienced, but it didn't go well in the past, how much do we value that experience? I don't know the answer to that. Sam Burt is a big, he he honestly could have gone in the newcomer list just because of 
him having to, to miss so many games last year, but he is a returner. He's in his sixth season, and this is another guy who I expect big things from this season. 6'4", 295, he's up seven pounds from where he was last year, and he is just kind of a run-stuffing defensive lineman. He only played in four games last year, started one of them. That was because he suffered an injury early in the season and kept him out for a long period of time. He could have actually come back for the final, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, like month of games, last four games or whatever, but by the time he missed all this action and he knew that he could potentially get a red shirt still there, they came up with this plan that, hey, I want to come back next year. I like the way this is building. I like the what you're doing in the program here, but I still want to get to my four games played where I can still take my red shirt. And so he came back for the Kansas State game because that meant a lot to him. Uh, a kid from the state of Kansas and played in the Kansas State game, and then that was it for him to get him to his four games. But uh, he, he had less than 100 snaps last year and obviously had to deal with injury stuff, so I don't take much into account. He had kind of a lower pro football focus grade, but I think there's a lot of context there that you kind of throw it out the window. I look more back to 2020 when he had more of a full season, and in 2020, his pro football focus grade was a 66. He was 67 against the run. He was 74 as a tackler. Not really big in the pass rush, but again, he can really plug the, uh, the gaps, and for a KU defense that struggled so much against the run last season, they were severely missing Sam Burton. Having him back this year is a big improvement on its own. And, and what I said about Caleb Sampson, he had a 66 pro football focus grade. That put him in the top 15 in the Big 12 at his position. Sam Burt, if you go based on the 2020 number, would be in that as well. So if you have two top 15 guys, that gets you more in line with the rest of the Big 12. But he's played 45 games in his career. He's experienced. He can stop the run. It's going to be very important to have him back. Uh, this season. Eddie Wilson is a six foot four, 315 pound super senior spent three years at Buffalo before he transferred in last season. He was all Mac third team in 2020. Um, last year though, didn't start in a ton of games, just two starts for him did play in the 11 games, made 12 tackles. He had a 55 grade on pro football focus. He was best actually as a pass rusher and, uh, his overall grade was 33rd among 34 eligible in the Big 12 by uh, snaps played. But for his career, another experienced guy, 45 games played, 25 starts, 72 tackles, three and a half sacks. Uh, you almost wonder if, if he can continue to be a, a, you know, a better pass rusher than maybe some of the other stuff. You have Sam Bird on first and second down. Eddie Wilson comes in on, on those third down situations, or there could be improvement. Obviously, a guy who was stepping up in competition level, maybe it just took a year for him to adjust from playing in the MAC versus playing in the Big 12. Another guy who joined him from Buffalo was Ronald McGee, 6'3", 290-pound super senior. He went to Highland Community College, then Buffalo for two seasons. Now he's at KU where he was last year. He played in 11 games, made 11 tackles. He had a 57 pro football focus grade, and he too was best as a pass rusher. Actually had a 65 pass rush grade, which is uh, pretty solid there, and overall ranked 30th in the Big 12, so you want to see more there. But again, if if you have one guy who's a good run stopper, one guy who's a good pass rusher, you can kind of rotate the two and figure out the situation between the two of them. Caleb Taylor is a six foot four, three hundred pound redshirt sophomore. Started four games last year, played all twelve. He had fourteen tackles. He too had a bit of a lower pro football focus grade, fifty seven grade. Again, was better as a pass rusher, sixty one than he was as a run defender, of fifty two. But he was thirty second in the Big Twelve. So you can sense the theme there. Outside of Caleb Sampson, who is a top fifteen guy. Everybody else that qualified in terms of the amount of snaps played was like a bottom five interior defensive lineman in the Big 12. 
and that's even considering for other teams their third-string defensive tackle. That's not going to be good enough to get it done, and that obviously led to the results KU had last season where they were really, really bad stopping the run. So this unit has to get a lot better, but it does have the experience that you would like from it. Then you have some other guys who we didn't really see much of. DJ Withers played just one game last year. He's a six foot four, two hundred ninety-two pound redshirt freshman. Tommy Dunn played just three snaps. He's a six foot three, three hundred ten pound redshirt freshman. He uh, redshirted after coming in as a three-star recruit. And then the last guy was someone we mentioned yesterday that he could possibly play DN. He could possibly play in the interior. Is Jelani Arnold? Uh, based on the weight gain and where he played last year, he would maybe more profile here. Either way, he's not someone who I expect to start, but could certainly play and, and rotate in and be depth at either position. They don't bring in any newcomers, which I, on one hand, it could just be, you know, maybe there was a guy that they wanted to get and he just picked someone else. But that probably tells me that they feel comfortable enough with where the depth chart is. And when you have so many guys return and have guys that are experienced, there is only going to be a limited amount of spots that you have available there. But as far as that projected depth chart, I kind of feel like Caleb Sampson is like the for sure guy. Like I said, he's the guy that it would not shock me if he ended up on on like an all Big 12 team or something like that at the end of the season. Sam Burt, I think, is probably your first and second down guy with his experience, ability to stop the run. Uh, Maybe Keenan Caldwell can beat him out, though. And then you have um, Eddie Wilson, Ronald McGee, Caleb Taylor, all as guys that play and rotate in unless one of them is taking a big leap this year, and then maybe they can contend for the starting spot next to uh, Caleb Sampson. But I think all of those guys, Sampson, Burt, Caldwell, Wilson, McGee, Taylor, are guys that are going to play. And at the very least, even if you do have questions about you know how good were they last year, they, they struggled so much, it is nice to have experience and have enough guys that give you enough experience that you feel like you can rotate two or three deep at this position, which is certainly a position that you want to and, and need to rotate guys, whether it's injury or just fatigue over the course of the game on the defensive line, that's important to have. And then you have Withers, Dunn, and Arnold just kind of as further depth or guys that help get you set for 2023 when a lot of those upperclassmen and older players do end up graduating. As far as the key questions that you kind of have uh, about this position, can they help stop the run and free up more lanes for what should be an improved linebacker group and we'll get to the linebacker group tomorrow but it is a very much improved group kind of the same question about this position as we'll have for the linebacker group how improved is it though and this one's a little different than the linebackers because that was done a lot through adding players from the transfer portal this is just hoping for a a bigger season from Caleb Sampson hoping that guys uh, another year in the scheme and and in the training program just get better and and make a jump and that you have enough experience and everything there because if if they're not better than they were last year like the linebackers can be better but it's going to mitigate kind of the impact there And, and as you'd imagine KU had the lowest run defense grade as a big 12 defense on pro football focus they were 124th in the country and the lowest, the lowest in uh, the Big 12. So how much better can they be overall? Because certainly they are older. Certainly they do have experience. Certainly they do have depth in terms of if you classify it as guys who have game experience and that you feel like if it's you're down to your second or third string that you're not worried about how it's going to kind of translate because you've seen it before. 
But what is the group starting from? You know, I, I, I talked about this yesterday, the idea that sometimes the negative, it's not a negative, but it's like sometimes the guys who are seniors and then come back for a super senior season, or sometimes the guys who are juniors and come back for a senior season, there's not as much growth to be had as the guys who go from freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior. Like, I don't know. I, I, like, think about Todd Reesing, for instance. I know this is a very different um, position and everything. But, like, and also he was a guy who he wasn't like some physically dominant guy who the potential and the ceiling was always super high. But, like, sometimes you just kind of hit your ceiling, and then it doesn't get better from there. Like, was Todd Reesing a better quarterback by the time he was a, a junior than he was as a sophomore by the time he was a senior? No, not really. So that is the worry that you have here that, yes, you have experience, but how much better are these guys going to get? Because by qualified interior defenders for snaps played in the Big 12, again, there were 34 of them, Kansas had four of the five lowest graded players, four of the five lowest so clearly, this is a position that even if you have guys coming back, even if they make improvements, like if you go from being the you know 33rd best defensive tackle in the conference to the 28th, it's an improvement, but how much is it really tangibly helping change things on the defensive line and, and as far as how this team can be on defense and in run defense? Like Those are the questions I have. It's going to take a couple guys kind of breaking out, and that's kind of the bottom line here. This is KU's one of their older positions. You have four super seniors. If you count Jelani Arnold, that's five super seniors on that interior portion of the defensive line. And this is certainly a position where like just physical strength is paramount. So having guys that are experienced, that is the the positive of that. That the longer you're in college, the stronger you should be getting. The more experienced guys tend to be stronger and have more developed bodies. They didn't add anyone here which tells you they should feel good about where the position is and they should think that they are going to make inroads on where they were last year. But overall, you know, it was, it, it was far from good enough last season. Like I said, I think Caleb Sampson could be a budding star. That's a good place to start. You just kind of hope that the others with more time and the scheme and better training make a big jump because otherwise it's not going to be good enough once again. They're going to struggle once again against the run and it is all kind of expectations. Like what we're talking about here is not can you make the jump to all of a sudden becoming an elite defense and only giving up less than 20 points per game? Can you be a defense that's given up 30 or less points per game? Like that, honestly, if, if you gave up 30 points per game this year, that'd be a double digit improvement from what you gave up last year. Like that would be a very big deal for KU to do that. Can you get enough from this interior defensive line to lead that and be better against the run? And especially with the way KU wants to play, ball control, tough. You got to do a better job stopping the run. And the interior defensive linemen are going to be as paramount to that as anyone. They have a lot of guys back. We'll see what the improvement level is. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 at 1320 KLWN. Scott Jason is going to join us in about 15 minutes. This is RCST. Did you know that on our website, klwn.com, as well as our sister stations, 1059kissfm.com, bull929.com, we have a program called Hometown Deals. So you click the tab, 
and it takes you to a magical place where gift cards are 50% off. We have handfuls of different restaurants and places that you can go to that you can get a 50% off gift card too. So just go to the website, click home down deals, and you'll see some of those gift cards for 50% off. If you're a business and interested in being part of this as well and getting featured ads at no cash price and just gift card cost, shoot us an email, djohnson at gpmnow.com. Another day, another draft with Scott Jason here joining the show. And uh, this week's draft is, is going to be a little bit, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, the idea here is we are going to be drafting basketball teams, so starting five and a coach, of TV and movie characters who have killed someone. So, I mean, the, the, the database of players on this is already very, very wide. I have no idea where this is going to go. I'm wondering if this is going to be too broad, but um, I think Scott has some good. I'll, I'll be honest; like I, I feel like I'm going to lose this draft. I, I don't feel great about my draft board here. I don't feel like I was creative enough. Um, but yeah, Scott, how are you feeling headed into this one? Well, I'm feeling good. I, I pledged to actually prepare uh, for a draft this week, and at first I thought it was going to be the mascot draft, but then I thought, why not do a murderer's draft? So what that's made, what, what made is. you think of this, by the way. Uh, probably some horrible deep-seated trauma or something going wrong in my own life. Okay. But um, we do have rules. We do have rules. I think we agreed to no superheroes because you could just do a whole draft of, you know, superheroes. And they need to be humanoid. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean human. But, you know, we, you don't, no one should be picking King Kong or Godzilla um, in this draft because, again, I think that just kind of unbalances the scale. So it's got to be something that is at least in the realm of a human-ish kind of figure. You know what I mean? I think, Derek, the example I gave you was like if you wanted to pick Cell from Dragon Ball Z, um, although we have one other rule, which is uh, no flying because I think that would make it too unfair too. So um, you could pick flying characters. They're just not allowed to fly. Right. So, it's like an automatic um, travel. They get up in the air and do it. Yes. But how will they be so able we to... Got, I think we've got it. I think we've got it. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that I don't have enough players on my draft board. Um, but, yeah, let's go and do it. So I, I have a quarter. It is a 2001 Kentucky quarter. And mm-hmm. uh, what would you like? Would you like the head or would you like the horse? And, by the way, I will not be doing the catch and flip over on my hand that, that disgusted you last week. Um, well, let's see. You said 2001 Kentucky, mm-hmm. so I believe that is slightly weighted toward heads, so I will take tails. Okay. Tails it is, and it is tails. Did you did you flip it over? No, I did not. Okay, good. I just, I, I, I'm scarred a little bit from the last time. <laughs> um, Derek, on this draft, I would like to go second and third because I am so curious. There, look, there's a 100% chance your number one is on my draft board, but I feel really good about all my picks. Um, so, honestly, I'm just excited to see where you go with it. Okay, honestly, I wanted you to pick first for the same reason, um, because I, I really have no first. idea. You what want this. me to? No, no, I'll, I'll take the first pick. You gave it to me. I don't, I don't want to change up the draft. So, with my first pick in the draft, I'm going to take the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Whoa, that is a really good pick, Derek. <laughs> I did not even have him on my board. That is the best pick you have made in any of these drafts. Mm, so you like, okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to obviously play him at center. He's like a billion feet tall. He's gigantic. <laughs> he's strong. Everything I could want in the post. He's basically like, uh, I don't know, Aaron Baines, I feel like. Uh, I, I think they're both from, 
maybe like Australia, New Zealand area. I could be wrong with that. Uh, but the Mountain from Game of Thrones, he's my center. I, I think he's from Westeros. <laughs> well, in the, yeah, in the show, in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Not New Zealand. I think you're thinking of something else. But um, that's a really good pick, and you've really thrown the balance of my draft board off. Um, okay, so I feel like I kind of have to match you and match size for size. Um, oh, God, this, is, this draft has gone bad for me in a hurry. Okay, um, for the, my first pick, I'm going to take my small forward, which is not a position I usually draft first. Um, but I'm going to take the clown from it. Um, the clown from it comes in all shapes and sizes. He can play uh, psychological games with my opponent. Um, if you happen to have any children on your team, I think you're in mm. trouble. And he pretty much wreaks havoc over everyone. I think adults don't even notice him. So um, I feel good about the clown from it. Yeah, I might have to not draft children. I, I don't know if this affects my <laughs> draft board at all. Um, that's interesting. You could have used him as a coach for the psychological warfare as well. But I think in the the move, like the more you get afraid of him, the bigger he gets. So theoretically, if he starts the game off hot, if he like dunks on one of my guys or blocks one of my guys they're going to start fearing him, and he's going to get even taller, which is scary for uh, for my team. Who's your uh, next pick? Yeah, no. Well, you're definitely winning after one, so I need to make up some ground here. I'm going to draft my five, man. I'm going to take I from the Rocky movies. Um, he is a murderer. He killed a, a Apollo Creed, I believe, when they got into the ring and they got into a fight. Um, so I think that's the start of the fourth one. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry you had 40 years to watch mm-hmm. that movie. Um, that is on you at this point. But uh, I think he's a good five-man. He's juicing. He is on every drug imaginable known to man. And even though he does lose to Rocky at the end of the movie, Rocky never killed anyone. So Rocky actually could not be the pick here. So I'm going to go with uh, Ivan Drago. I think Rocky killed himself with uh, the amount of beatings that he's taking. So maybe you could count that one. Okay, Ivan Drago, are you going to play him at the four or the five, or you just haven't decided yet? I think he's the five most likely, but we'll see if some of my other picks stay on the board. Okay, back-to-back picks for me. See, this is where, so, so we talked to each other before this draft, and, and we didn't just have the flying rule, but we also said, let's not pick, like, superheroes. Like, I, I don't want, like, Captain America or, you know, I, obviously I, I think you also meant, like, supervillains. Like, you know, we don't need, like, Thanos on the team or something like that. Um, yeah, too strong. But, but there is, there's a fine line between what is considered a superhero <laughs> or not. So I'm going to ask you, and if this is not a superhero, then I'm going to take this pick. Is the Terminator... Is that a superhero or supervillain? Uh, the Terminator was on my draft board. I was probably taking him next. That is a great pick by you again. Okay, cool. So I'm going to take the Terminator. I'll probably put him at the four. He does yeah. have pretty good speed, I would imagine. I mean, he's, he's like a robot, but he's also a little more stiff with his movement. So uh, I'll put him at the four, feel good there. He's obviously strong. He's got the robotic arms and everything. I'm loving my front court with the Terminator and the Mountain from Game of Thrones. And obviously both have... Uh, <laughs> have killed people. And then the next pick I have, hmm. I'm about to be so mad when you take, I have, I have a, a one with a bullet here that I'm hoping to get back. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take this guy again. He falls into that borderline, of, and, and you can tell me, if this is uh, a superhero, then I will, I will take someone else. Neo from Matrix. No, oh, go right ahead. I don't think he'd be good at basketball at all. He, he literally, like, shapes the world around him. He can, like, move the bullet in his head. So he can move the basketball wherever he wants. Every shot is a make. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to give him a player comp, he'd be like slow-mo, so you'd call him like Kyle Anderson. Yeah. I think we can do better than Neo. I I think we can do a lot better than Neo, who, by the way, I'm pretty sure like Loki is kind of bad in the new Matrix. Hmm. Why do you say that? I guess we don't want to spoil things, but... I, honestly, I don't remember what happened. I think I may have. I think I was watching that movie at my parents' house, and I think I left. Like I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't enjoy the movie. I, I, I think Neo's. A, I think that's your first mistake. Well, every other scene in that movie was like a flashback to an old movie. It was like half the movie was them not even having to film anything. But I mean, think about that. He, <laughs> he's got great agility. He can dodge bullets. So, like, I mean, you know, good luck uh, standing in front of Neo. He's gonna break your ankles all day. Yeah, well, okay, I'm going to jump on my next two picks here because I'm happy about both of them, and I'm going to move my roster around too. So I'll give you my positions at the end of this thing. Um, I'm drafting a new small forward, and that small forward is the Predator. Um, the Predator is the opposite. What Man's most dangerous. What's his thing? I don't know. He hunts humans. Wait, 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 um, wait. Hold on. You yeah? told me What's you that? said humanoid-type person. When you texted me, you said basically they have to speak English. The Predator does not speak English. The, the predator communicates, and the predator has a language and communicates with human beings. I think that ca- I'm giving you the Terminator. I would like the predator to match up with the Terminator. All right, that's fine. Okay. I'm taking the predator. He hunts Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm pretty sure. I think there's a new predator movie coming out, so maybe I get some. Uh, yeah, I think it's called Gen Prey. Who- <laughs> that's so bad. They had Predator. <laughs> They had Predators, they had Predator vs. Alien, and I guess now they have Prey, you're informing me. So um, they have all the variations of that, and I want to pair him up with the guy that I really wanted most of all, and that is Michael Myers. Um, I'm putting Michael Myers at the four. I think he pairs with Ivan Drago. I think uh, he is ruthless. He can get into the post and just keep coming at you over and over, no matter how many times the Terminator shoots him down. Uh, he will never go down. And uh, another guy with a new movie coming in. So top of mind, uh, and now top of my draft board. Yeah, he's he's got that special skill of, like, he he walks everywhere. So that might worry you going up and down the court. But as soon as <laughs> as soon as the camera pans away from him walking up and down the court, he'll just be in the next frame. Yeah, and if you think about it, you've got the mountain from Game of Thrones. I don't I don't recall him running anywhere at any point. Maybe unless he was on horseback or something. So. Yeah, no, I, I feel really good about Michael Myers. Now, what was dangerous here is I have a huge problem of confusing Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees pretty much mm-hmm. constantly, so I had to make sure I did not take the wrong one because I'm pretty sure Jason Voorhees is just a guy, although I've never seen any of those movies. Yeah, so Jason Voorhees, is, it's honestly very similar. I actually have him on my draft board, although I don't think I'm going to take him because he's a. I, I had him listed as like a center, and I already have the mountain. Um, but yeah, very similar. Jason Voorhees is the one, though, that wears the, the hockey mask. Whereas Michael Myers wears the like weird sculpted white max mask or whatever. Uh, Jason Voorhees uses like a, a chainsaw. Uh, Michael Myers uses a knife. I don't know. They're, they're very similar. Like you said, they're kind of uh, knockoffs. It feels like for the other. Okay. Um, I have back to back picks here. Hmm. Okay. How about this one? Um, again, you can tell me if this is, you know, out of bounds here. Uh, do you know who general Grievous is from star Wars? Uh, that's, I do know who General Grievous is, and I'll give you General Grievous. I think that's completely fair. Okay, I'm going to use him on the wing. He has, like, six arms or something. He uh, has the ability to go into this little, like, spider thing and move really fast. He's kind of quick. He's thin. He's lengthy. He has all those different limbs. I think he's great on the wing. Great wing defender. I mean, good luck. Like, it's, it's one thing 
not getting the ball stolen from you when you have to focus on, on the defender having two hands. Now, all of a sudden, he's got two hands that are up in the air guarding the shot. He's got two hands to the side guarding the pass, and then the other two hands are stripping the ball away. Like, good luck uh, going up against him on the other side of the ball. And then I'm going to take my pick for Wait, you. Wait, now, hold on. What? Hold on. I, yep. I would like to respond to this first because I would like to say two things, mm-hmm. which is, one, uh, you know the old basketball adage, if you have six hands, you don't have two. <laughs> um, and I think that, that comes into play here. And second of all, you are the first person on our draft board to take an asthmatic person, which does not disqualify you from playing <laughs> basketball. But I am worried about him getting winded, running up and down the court with a lot of the other guys on my team. And, and by the way, I thought we were picking our own teams on this one. I thought we weren't picking for the other person. I thought we picked one pick for the other person. We can do that. That's a real bummer, though, because I had two real great picks that I was really excited about. I think this is going to be funnier if I can pick someone for you. Well, okay, I think it was going to be funnier, the pick that I was going to make that you have no idea about. But why don't you go ahead, Mr. Comedy? Well, now I feel bad if I make this pick for you. But if I make, make this pick, pick for you, you're going to lose the draft. I just want you to know that. Okay, well, why don't you tell me what the pick would have been, and then we just go on drafting our own team. Okay, I was going to, because obviously this is TV or movie characters who killed someone. Mm-hmm. Jack from Titanic didn't make enough space for Rose on the board. He <laughs> killed Rose. I was going to pick you, Jack. <laughs> Wait, that, no, hold on, no. Rose killed Jack. What are oh. you talking about? Oh, other way. Okay, that, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Other way around. Yeah, Rose. Rose. You get Rose. That's very funny. I was going to give you Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, and I was going <laughs> to put her in like your power forward position. So I'm glad we both had ideas for that. But I really like. I think I think there's so much potential on the board. So keep keep going with your team. Okay. Uh, so my next pick, I either need a guard or I need a coach. I am going to take my coach. I'm between couple people. Um, I'm going to take Rick from Rick and Morty as my coach. Huh. Um, Rick is very smart. He uh, is very good with technology and, and sciences, and he could probably cheat his way into helping me in the game, but I feel like he'll be able to devise a good game plan for me. Uh, that's an okay pick. I'm not really familiar with Rick and Morty, but I think the w- it makes sense. He's like the scientist, right? Yes. Yeah, so you, you would figure you'll get a technical technological edge. Okay, I have two picks left. All right, I know who I want for my coach. My coach is going to be Walter White. Um, Walter White, obviously the smartest character in Breaking Bad. He's a scientist. He becomes a meth dealer um, and maybe going to appear in Better Call Saul. I, I thought about actually taking Saul Goodman, um, although I think you'd have to get very loose with the definition of what killing someone is. And along those Please lines, don't I spoil anything. Taking- I will not. I will not. Along those lines, I also thought about taking uh, Lalo Salamanca because I think he is a truly great character. I guess I also could have taken Gustavo Fring to be my coach. Um, Now I'm kind of already having regrets. Okay. (laughs) I am between two on my last pick, and I am not going to pick this guy, but I really wanted to pick the blind guy from Don't Breathe. Um, that horror series, I know he's blind, and that would make it obviously hard for him to play basketball, but that dude is crazy and an absolute killer, and I think he would have been fantastic. He's an athletic specimen. He has, you know, like extra senses or whatever, but uh, I'm going to take the Invisible Man from the reboot of the Invisible Man, and I'm going to put him at point guard. And you might be saying, you know, hey, it would probably be hard for people to pass him the ball because he's invisible. But I would say he's my point guard. He's got the ball in his hands. He's the one making the passes. 
he'll get out in the passing lanes. You don't know if he's guarding you or if he's not. You don't know if you can take that jump shot or not because he might be double-teaming you. I think there's lots of mind games there. I'm taking the invisible man. Well, good thing I have the Terminator because he has that, like, radar. He'd be able to see him because the invisible man. Well, the Predator also has that, too, so maybe he can cancel that out. Yeah, well, uh, okay, I have one last pick. I need a guard. Um, I guess I'll take John Wick. I'll have okay. Double Keanu Reeves. I don't really know his <laughs> basketball prowess, but clearly he's got a. Uh, you know, if you if you get him motivated, there is no stopping him. I mean, he will, he will, he'll be like Michael Jordan. You know, you hear the Michael Jordan stories about, uh, oh, this guy beat Michael Jordan in a game of horse or in a game of one on one or something. And Michael Jordan wouldn't stop bothering him until he played him again so that he could beat him. Like, just this just this kind of insane thirst for competition and, and having to win. I feel like that's John Wick. Um, and he's obviously, like, athletic enough to kill so many people that he has to at least be athletic enough to be on a basketball court. So, I'll have yeah, him in you, the garden. You put all the eggs in your basket of, John, of uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves being a good basketball <laughs> player. But, hey, I respect if Keanu Reeves... Like, let's say he played college basketball. You're going to be in a great spot in this draft to compete against my backcourt of the clown from it and the invisible mm-hmm. man. So I think it really works both ways. Well, and I mean, there's the scene in uh, in The Matrix where they just, like, put in a thing of karate. Like, they download it to Keanu Reeves. So why can't they just download, like, playing basketball into Keanu Reeves uh, and Neo from, from The Matrix there? So I think that's a positive. So uh, these are the, co- the uh, teams. Scott, you have Walter White coaching your team. Point guard is the Invisible Man. Your other guard is the Clown from It at the small forward spot, the Predator. Your power forward is Michael Myers, and your center is Ivan Drago. Um, and then for me, my coach is Rick from Rick and Morty. My guards are John Wick and Neo from The Matrix. On the wing, I have General Grievous. <laughs> at forward, the Terminator. And at center, the Mountain from Game of Thrones. I, I think that the Mountain is going to tower over Ivan Drago. Uh, I think... I don't know. I, I think that the uh, the General Grievous versus the Predator matchup, that's the one I'm most interested in. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Did you have any honorable mentions? I had a couple. I did. I had. Um, I, I didn't take this because we also kind of talked about, like, don't just build a team based on, like, you know, hypothetically all, like, Game of Thrones characters. Like, I took the mountain. Uh, but I could have, if I wanted to, taken one of the giants from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. I had Maverick from Top Gun. Um, at point guard, I don't really know why. Who does Maverick kill? Uh, Goose in the first one. Um, <laughs> oh no, okay. he also he also kills like the other people flying the planes, uh, like the enemies. Okay. Um, I had Jason Voorhees as a center. We talked about that earlier, and then I had two coach options. I had Jason Bourne. Obviously, he's very smart. He gets away from the government all the time. And then um, I had Freddy, like Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street mm. as a coach because he's going to force your other players to get zero sleep and then mess up the game plan because he's just going to be in their nightmares. Yeah, so he's like, you know, like Missouri fans when they would, like, pull the alarms or do mm-hmm. the, the prank stuff when Kay would go play there. You know, I, I had a couple honorable mentions. I had Darth Vader. I had Voldemort on my list. Mm. I had uh, Moses from uh, the Ten Commandments movie. Uh, people do forget <laughs> that yeah, he gets someone in there, and I thought it could be good to have some, like, divine intervention mm-hmm. on my side. So... Uh, those were really my honorable mentions, those three, Darth Vader, Voldemort, and Moses. Yeah, if you thought parting the Red Sea was, was tough, wait till you see him part the defense and drive into the lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can vote on this at RCST1320. 
This was uh, this was better than I thought it was going to go. So I- I'm glad that was the case. Well, Derek, this is exactly as good as how I thought it was going to go. And hey, who knows? I think I've won three of these in a row after you beat me three or four times in a row. So these have been very streaky drafts. Let's see if you got your mojo back. Yep, we will see. He is Scott Chasen. Scott, I appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks for having me. That was Scott Chasen joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. We've got RCST trivia coming up in the four o'clock hour here. We're also going to be joined by Alyssa Bornhoff, who is the uh, director with the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence. They have their celebrity softball game coming up next Saturday. We're going to talk about that with Alyssa on the other side. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. We are brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, has incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs because they dig through the archives of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments. The Kansas Collection has 14 pieces of apparel, including t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, and they are some of the most comfortable things that you will wear, plus they look really cool. And they just released, well, not just, but after the national championship, they released a national championship shirt. Use the code ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK. That's ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK, all one word, and you'll get 15%, 15% off your first order. That's right. Code Rock Shock Sports Talk, all one word for 15% off with Home Field Apparel on your first order. Four o'clock hour. This is Rock Shock Sports Talk. RCST trivia continues on with our football side of things coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes from right now. But uh, at this very moment, we are going to be joined by a special guest that is Alyssa Bornoff. I- you're going to have to correct me on, on the last name there, Alyssa. Um, uh, works with the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence, and they've got the Celebrity Softball game coming back this year after having it last year as well. It's going to be on August 7th on Saturday. That's next Saturday at Aroca Ballpark at Rock Chalk Park. Alyssa, thank you for uh, for joining me today. Um, is this the second edition of this? What's kind of the history of this event and how everything came together? Hey, Derek. Thank you so much for having me on. You're right. It is the second year of this event. It is actually on Saturday, August the 6th. So I want to make mm. sure that I... Yes, um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, But uh, really, it came together because um, we wanted to find a way to celebrate community partners and celebrities and all the people that really make Boys and Girls Club like what it is and really kind of like lift them up in a way that they can hit celebrity status. And by doing so, we so comfortably put them on a softball field so they could all show off their softball skills that some people may or may not have a ton of. And they're all, they've all been such wonderful sports to step up to help Boys and Girls Club and to um, take on this crazy challenge of going and playing a softball game together. And we just really have felt like it is a cool way to kind of raise funds in a little bit more unique way than, than what we've done in the past. Yeah, and uh, let me reiterate that August sixth next Saturday over at Aroca Ballpark. Um, but obviously, it's you know there's some other events going on for you guys. I think there's a VIP dinner as well. What are kind of all the events and, and happenings of uh, I guess the next week of action? Yeah, so we kind of make it a little bit confusing because we call it a celebrity softball weekend. There is indeed just one game, and that's the game that's on Saturday. And then that Friday night event beforehand, we have the Fan Fest fundraiser. And what that is all about is anybody – 
It does not have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a VIP. Everybody's a VIP for this event. You can um, actually buy a ticket, buy a whole weekend pass is what we really prefer. And you can come to, um, it's just a fun party at Maselli's the night before from 7 to 10 p.m. And Maselli's has been amazing with us. They're working on us with like a cool game day themed menu. So we'll have like fancy brats and some sliders and some amazing honey sriracha tater tots and it's just going to be like feel very um very game day themed but at the same time um a cool fun nice get together with everybody that's going to kind of feel a lot more like a more traditional nonprofit event everybody's kind of dressed fancy and drinks are included with your ticket we'll have a silent auction going on and we are raffling off a chance to um get a napa valley getaway the weekend of labor day weekend so that's the one that's kind of like everybody dresses up, looks nice. We have a ton of great sponsors that are coming out, and that kind of gives us that little let's prep up for game day on Saturday. And that's the one where um, it's a lot more that, – that game day is a lot more family-friendly. Um, not that Friday night's not, but, you know, you know there's you, you'd probably want to do a little Friday night fun, just the, you know, just the adults, and then Saturday bring all the kids out because all of them get in for free. And then that's when the game will start kick off at 1130 with a red dog team warm up. And then the first pitch will go out at noon. Head coach Lance Leipold is going to come out front. He's going to pause his football preseason camp and he's going to come out throw the first pitch for us. And then we'll get underway with the, um, with the game at noon. Awesome. And uh, as you mentioned, everything goes into supporting the boys and girls club of Lawrence. So what are some of the things that this helps fund? Is it just kind of the, overall operating cost of everything like like what are the some of the the cool perks about what this event does for the boys and girls club oh thank you for asking that so i would say primarily the thing that this event and all of our events fund is scholarships for our members so boys and girls club is um is a paid service that parents and guardians pay for us to care for their kids before and after school, but we don't ever want to turn a kid away because of maybe financial um, insecurities or in, inability to pay. So a lot of times we, we scholarship about a million dollars worth of membership fees each year um, in order to make sure that everybody who wants to be at Boys and Girls Club gets to be at Boys and Girls Club. So event fundraising helps go directly towards making sure that those members can still come uh, regardless of how they can pay. Uh, so we're, we're talking with Alyssa Bornoff. Is, is that the right pronunciation of the last name, Bornoff? Um, you're so close. It's Burnoff. Burnoff. Okay. Uh, so we're talking <laughs> with Alyssa Burnoff here, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, so as far as the game goes, who are some of the celebrities that, that are going to be in attendance? I know you mentioned Lance Leipold throwing the first pitch. Who are going to be some of the, uh, the people on the teams? Well, we're really excited because just yesterday we got word that Sharon Collins is coming out. Uh, he is going to play. He's going to be on the CEK Batitudes roster. We're really excited about that. And his assistant coach slash fellow KU legend, Tyshawn Taylor, will be on that team as well. We just were able to announce that yesterday. Um, but we have like some a couple of great folks in your line of work, Derek. Um, Nate Bucati, the voice of Sporting KC, will be. Um, he's joining us, and then Mick Schaefer um, over from K- KSHB is going to be yeah. there, and we're going to we're welcoming back some of our celebrities from last year as well. Brian Haney will be here. Um, Deja Brooks was an enormously huge hit um, last year. 
Um, when she went up to bat, she traded uh, the bat boy and bat girl her um, lipstick for the bat. It was absolutely perfect. Um, we have a lot of like first responders that are on the team. Sheriff Jay Armbruster will be there. Um, and then we have a couple of different members of our police department. Um, Officer Anthony Harvey and Lieutenant Mark Unruh will both be there. And then we have, like, quite a few, like, we have some football royalty there as well. So Daryl Stuckey is going to come. He's going to be a celebrity. Tanner Hawkinson is going to be a celebrity. Keon Stowers. Um, and then Brandon McAnderson, of course, is coming back again this year. And he hit a grand slam in last year's game. He is one of our favorite celebrities because he grew up at Boys and Girls Club here in Lawrence. So that, to us, is always a huge piece of uh, celebrity status if you are somebody who has been a club kid through and through and that is what he is so we've got a lot of great people um representative christina Hazlitt is going to be there um we really we have um jessica bassett the lhs principal so we'll make sure that we have a little bit of free state and a little bit of lhs represented and then of course a lot of great ku athletes and and whatnot yeah, that's awesome. And uh, obviously, we feel the ties here with, with Brian Haney, who started this show, and, and BMAC, who comes on with us uh, on Fridays here. So uh, I guess that's who we're rooting for on, on this end over here. Uh, <laughs> it, you mentioned BMAC hitting the, the Grand Slam. Do you have a, an early pick for, you think, who the MVP of the game could be? Yeah, that is such a great question. Um, I, it is fun to see how sometimes being super talented in one sport maybe doesn't always translate into other sports. Um, so we have seen um, football players come out and just crush the ball, and we've seen some that are like, you know, I, I like to tackle people, not necessarily softball. So, um, I, so I can't pick a, an MVP quite yet. I just don't think that would be fair to all of our celebs that I haven't seen them in action yet. All right, so once again, the game on August 6th on Saturday. That's next Saturday. How can people go about buying tickets to the game or supporting this event and the Boys and Girls Club overall? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So every day for the last, like, three weeks, we have been posting on our Facebook page, which is Facebook slash BGCLK. Uh, we've been posting all of our celebrities. They all should get their little turn in the spotlight, and there's a link to buy tickets right there, or you can just go directly to our website, bgclk.org and it is right there waiting for you on the homepage. Well, Lissa, I appreciate taking some time out of your day and uh, we look forward to seeing the results of everything that, that goes on next weekend and, and good luck with all the fundraising efforts. Oh, thank you so much, Derek. All right, that is Alyssa Burnoff of the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. We'll be right back with RCST Trivia Football Edition. we got two matchups on today's slate. Both should be pretty good ones. That starts on the other side. This is RCST Trivia. We're back for two more matchups today here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk and FM 1017. 1320 on the AM dial or through KLWN.com, the KLWN app, or maybe you're listening in the future on the Best of RCST podcast. Our two matchups today in the Wednesday division featuring the third-ranked team in our preseason top 10, Andrew Filer taking on Ryan Brown, and then a matchup between Kyle Coffey and Chris Yurchek. Once again, we will go through four quarters of play, each uh, quarter worth a different tier of questions, worth different points if we're tied we go to overtime. RCST Trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. 
where you can get dine-in, carry-out, and catering all available. They have the outdoor patio where you can enjoy warm weather. Try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, the Haney Turkey Stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers or hang out and watch the football games that are upcoming here in about a month with football season right around the corner. Johnny's Tavern in Topeka, Lawrence, 12 different locations here around the uh, local area. Johnny's Tavern and Jayhawk Trophy. Jayhawk Trophy, great spot to get a trophy, whether it's for you know your fantasy league or for your kids' sports league, and they are experts in the engraving process at Jayhawk Trophy. We have plenty of prizes and gifts to give away from those locations and spots uh, once we get to our bowl season at the end of the year. But without further ado, let's get into our first matchup between the third-ranked team in the preseason poll, Andrew Filer and Ryan Brown. So, Andrew, you have the number three next to your name out of the preseason poll. Um, you've obviously had a lot of success on the basketball side of things. Do you feel that's a justified ranking? How do you feel about your football knowledge versus your basketball knowledge? Uh, I mean, I think I've heard uh, multiple people say the first couple matchups, sorry, um, that they're bigger football fans than our basketball fans. And I think I'm a bigger basketball fan. I, I love KU football, but I, I, I don't know. I think I know, you know, I have a pretty good base knowledge, but there are some questions that got answered the last couple of days that I wouldn't even venture a freaking guess, man. Like, so, you know, just going with it. Happy to be here. <laughs> all right. I love the spirit. Uh, Ryan, you made it all the way to the phenomenal four in your first ever uh, edition of the basketball side of things. But along the way, you you would say that, you know, I, I kind of got lucky or that I'm just trying not to embarrass myself in the first question. And you kept finding ways to win. How do you feel about your football knowledge headed into this one? Um, I would probably consider myself a bigger football fan than basketball. But, you know, when I was a kid reading media guides, I was reading basketball media guides when I was growing up. And there just wasn't the access to the football stuff until really until the 2000s. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the questions are going to be like. Okay, well, uh, this should be pretty exciting between the two of you guys. Both have uh, gone on deep runs in uh, the trivia event of things on basketball, but obviously this is a little bit different. So are both of you guys clear with the rules? You uh, ready to do the coin flip? Yeah, let's do it. All right, um, Andrew, you are the ranked team, and I've just been having the ranked teams have this be their, uh, I guess, home opener, so to speak, although I think it's the visiting team who actually picks the coin toss. Nonetheless, we'll <laughs> stick with that. Andrew, um, what would you like to pick? Heads or tails? I've got a uh, 2001 Kentucky quarter, which I don't know why I picked that state. Sorry. Ah, oh, boy. Let's go tails. All right. It is heads. So, Ryan, you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, let's go first. Okay. So, Ryan, you'll be up first in the first quarter of things. These questions are worth three points. Ryan, what quarterback set the KU record for most career passing yards from 2006 to 2009 with over 11,000 of them. Todd Reesing. Yep, Todd Reesing. The joke coming into this was that every question was going to be answered. Todd Reesing, Aqib Tlaib, Orange Bowl. Okay, this one to you, Andrew, for your first uh, attempt at points and a field goal here in the first quarter. Who was Todd Reesing's head coach at Kansas? Hey, Mark Mangino. Yep. And another common one that I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more of along the way here in trivia, especially in the uh, easy round of things. All right. You both knocked out the first one. 
Three to three, the score as we enter the second quarter. Back to you, Ryan. In 2007-2008, this Kansas running back scored 16 rushing touchdowns, second most in a single season at KU. What's his name? Jake Sharp. It was the other one, Brandon McAnderson, now member of the Jayhawk Radio Network, is BMAC. All right, chance for you, Andrew, to take the lead going into the halftime break. In 2012, this Kansas running back collected a KU record six consecutive 100-yard games. What's his name? Uh, my brain just went straight to Puka, but I don't know. If, oh. <sighs> About 10 seconds. Yeah. I'll go with the other one. I know, I know. It's Puka Williams. I Puka Williams. <laughs> now, Puka, not the right years. The correct answer is James Sims. Yep. One yeah. as soon as you heard it, you're like, that makes too much sense. All right, three to three. We're tied going into the halftime break. Ryan, into the third quarter. Only trailing June Henley. What Jayhawk is second on the school's all-time rushing yardage list? With 3,788 of them. I'm going to guess Tony Sands. That is a good guess. Tony Sands is the correct answer. 3,800 career yards for Tony Sands on the rushing list. Good for second all time. All right, that's a big seven for you, Ryan. You take a 10 to 3 lead here. Andrew, back to you. Only trailing Todd Reesing. What Jayhawk is second on the school's all-time passing yardage list with over 6,400 of them? Uh, David James? Not a bad guess. David James obviously put up big numbers for KU. The correct answer is Frank Sire. I never know if I pronounced that last name right. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah. Frank Sire put up uh, big numbers for KU in his time. Okay. So, Andrew, you have to answer your next question right to even have a chance at it, but Ryan has the chance at it first. So, Ryan, you're going to have a chance to uh, put away the dub right here. Otherwise, it'll be up to Andrew. But regardless, once we get to Andrew, it'll matter for uh, points, which are a tiebreaker. Ryan, chance for the walk-off right here. Who holds the KU record for most total points scored with 302 of them? I think point scores are usually kickers. Uh, Bruce Kallmeyer? You're on the right track. This is a kicker. Dan Eichloff is the answer there. All right, Andrew, here's your chance to steal the win with a late fourth quarter drive. You trail 10 to 3. This is worth 8. It would get you up to 11. Andrew, who holds the KU record for most total points scored in a season with 120 of them? Um, I guess if it's on pace with the kicker there, and I, I mean, those Orange Bowl years, I, I say Scott Webb. The walk-off win from Andrew. Scott Webb is the correct answer. Had the most points scored in a single season there. 
and Andrew comes back from the dead to earn an 11 to 10 victory. Heartbreaking there for you, Ryan. Uh, coming up just a little bit short. If you could have one question back, or I don't know, maybe there was one question that Andrew got that you didn't get that you wish you had, what would it be? Um, the ones I missed, you know, you know, I, I felt like I was using the right thought process. Um, I did know James Sims. Um, just because that was the only bright spot of that period of time. <laughs> well, that unfortunate that it went the other way on you there. Um, Andrew, would you have known, I guess the flip to that, would you have known the Brandon McAnderson one? Or uh, I, I guess were there any questions that you would have flipped um, over? Uh, I probably would have said Jake Sharp too in that one. So I, I mean – when you said it, yeah, sure. Just like James Sims when he said, I was like, yeah, of course. And my brain went from Puka Williams to Khalil Herbert. And I was like, no, both those guys are way wrong. And so, yeah. Well, you Couldn't come, come up with Sims, You come out with the win in the end, and uh, that's a tight one for you. I noticed you have a – it looks like a black lab in the screen. So tell it's us – silver lab. Okay. She's being a pain. Tell us your dog's name, and uh, is your, your dog now a good luck charm? This is Remy, named after KU <laughs> champion Remy Martin. We got her actually the week of the national championship game, so uh, kind of fit just fine there. I yeah, I, I suppose she was actually in the room when I lost to uh, no. Was she in the room? I, I may not have had her yet. I feel like she was in the room when I lost to um, uh, Tyler this past season, or not Tyler, whoever it was in basketball. Mm -hmm. so. uh, I think it was Eric in basketball Eric, in yes, the yes, uh, grade eight. Okay, well maybe not a good luck puppy. Maybe maybe for uh, for football it is a good luck puppy, Ryan. Thoughts on on your first football performance as uh, you get ready for for more. Head. The good news is there you know there still is time to make this up. This isn't basketball where you're just eliminated. You can win out the next three games and and still have everything in front of you. So so thoughts moving ahead. Um, no, I think um, you know I just have to uh, think think through things. I guess you know a little bit more, but um, you know I think I think I've I'm going to be close at least, which is all you can ask for. You know, at least I'm getting the right positions. Yeah, yeah. No, you were you were right on it. Just came up a little bit short. But like I said, you win the next three, you probably win the division anyway. Or if you win the next, you know, two of the next three, you can still go to a bowl game or something. So uh, good job, both you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Thanks, Thank Eric. you. Good luck, Ryan. Thank you. You too. The walk-off win from Andrew at the end there. So that's why this, this scoring system is kind of fun. Um, it's also going to make it tough because that can happen to you where – you feel like, okay, I'm in control. Uh, you know, I'm up 10-3, headed into the fourth quarter. If I just get one right or he gets one wrong, like, I'm good to go. And these are the really hard questions, so the chances of him getting it right aren't going to be great. Um, Andrew nailed it. And uh, it stinks for Ryan because, he, like he said, he he had the right context there for, for where he was going with the kicker, just had the wrong kicker overall. That was a tough one. Um, both of those were more ones where – if you were studying the media guide, that's something that I know Ryan brought up earlier. If you were studying the media guide, both of those would pop out to you, but otherwise you're going to have to just kind of freewheel it. So it's kind of dependent how you were studying based on you know, how difficult those would be. And obviously they were very difficult to begin with. Even if you study the media guide, you probably wouldn't remember the name Dan Eichloff. But um, yeah, nice little win for Andrew with the come from behind. I mean, he was at risk of if he only had three points through four quarters and Lost the matchup. He might fall out of the top 10 at the end of this week, but he comes away with a victory, squeaks it out. I'm sure he'll still be ranked in the top 10. Will he lose some spots in the rankings for style points? I guess we'll have to find out. But both those guys are uh, 
I, I think, have shown enough through our basketball event that you would expect both of them to have nice performances from here on out and have an opportunity to, to do some things in the postseason. We've got one more trivia matchup coming up on today's edition of the show. We're going to be joined by Kyle Coffey and Chris Yurchek. That on the other side. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST Trivia right here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We'll be back for more after this. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Second and final trivia matchup of the day features a matchup in the Wednesday division between Kyle Coffey and Chris Yurchek here. And uh, both these guys are seasoned veterans with RCST trivia. Chris actually donning his 2020 what is this 2022 almost lost track of years 2022 rcst trivia t-shirt appreciate that chris uh so uh chris gotta represent there we go i i'll start with you here um you know we've talked to a lot of the people in in preparation for this and we've had a lot of people say i'm actually a bigger football fan than i am a basketball fan but also this is i understand this can be harder just because we hear more about basketball it's it there's less history to know about on the football front, a lot of different reasons why it is harder. Um, how would you classify your KU football fandom? Uh, it's certainly not as high as basketball, but I would put it higher than most KU fans. I've been to most of the home games over the last couple decades, but there's been some stretches where I'm there more for the tailgate than the game. Uh, do you have a favorite all-time KU football player? Uh, first love was John Cornish, so probably stick with that but you know the 07 team has my heart as well how could it not well kyle um same question to you uh as far as your ku football fandom versus your ku basketball fandom how would you kind of classify yourself there yeah uh i would kind of be with the majority as far as uh as far as diehard fan i'm probably more of a football than basketball still love basketball still watch most every game that i can but i will probably track scores more on football than I will with basketball. If I'm not, if I'm doing some, if I'm out doing something, I'm going to probably pay attention a little bit more. Cause I understand that uh, if KU is close, I need to get to the TV really quick. Uh, <laughs> basketball, usually they're quite a, quite a ways ahead most of the time. And so I'm able to kind of do what I need to do, but um, yeah, I was a season ticket holder. My family was for 10 years or so back in the mid two thousands to early 2010. So um Looking forward to doing this, and uh, the trivia part's going to be hard. I've listened to a few questions, but uh, it seems like it's going to be an interesting time, but we're going to see how it goes. And who is your all-time favorite KU football player? The first player, <coughs> excuse me, the first player that I really remember watching and say, man, that guy was good, was David Wimbush. Uh, we were at the game, gosh, it was back, what, 96 or 97, I don't remember, Colorado came to town. They were ranked pretty high, and and he just went off, had like 250 yards, 200 yards, something like that, and uh, beat Colorado that day. Got to rush the field with my uh, with my dad. It was it was kind of fun. So uh, that was the first one that I that was the first one I remember. So that's always kind of the one that I go to. All right. Well, I love it. I love the stories there. Um, yeah, that David Wimbush one. Certainly, if you're you're listening into this, that. 
Could be a question later on. Hint, hint. Okay, um, so uh, Kyle and Chris, I've just been having the seeded team or the, the preseason top 10 ranked team, which, by the way, neither of you are preseason top 10. Do either of you feel slighted by that? You know what? After listening the last couple of days, I'm going to say I'm not slighted by that. I might have felt that way a couple of days ago, though. Okay. I'm probably the same. I'm probably the same. Going into it, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to be all right. And then, like I said, hearing some of the questions one night, I was like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll fly under the radar first, see what we can do. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to have, I don't know, I guess I'll go alphabetical order of uh, first name. So I'll have Chris uh, do the coin toss here. Chris, I have a uh, quarter here. Do you want heads or tails? Tails never fails, baby. All right. Last time someone said that, it did fail, and it failed once again. It is heads. So, Kyle, um, you have the option of whether you want to go first or whether you want to go second. I will go second. Okay. That means, Chris, you are up first. If we get to overtime, we will do one more coin flip. Okay, uh, Chris, for you, what bowl game did Kansas win on January 3rd of 2008? That was the Orange Bowl. Yes, it was. Who could forget? I actually, my young self, I had a stomach flu, and I just remember yakking up and dozing in and out between the game. That was not a fun day for me. Okay, um, Kyle, this for you as Chris kicks the early field goal there, chance to tie it. Kyle, who did Kansas beat in that Orange Bowl in 2008? Virginia Tech. Yes, they did. Virginia Tech. Team they beat out of the ACC. All right, we're tied 3-3 three to three is the score as we head into the second quarter of play. Back to you, Chris. Kansas finished off the 1995 season with a 51-30 win in the Aloha Bowl over what Pac-10 opponent? Soon to be Big Ten UCLA Bruins. That's right. Yep. Pac-10 at the time, then later now Pac-12, and like you said, soon to be in the Big Ten. Okay, Kyle, for you as Chris takes a 9-3 lead, this one also worth six points. Kyle, Kansas finished off their 2003 season with a 56-26 loss in the Tangerine Bowl against what ACC opponent? NC State. Yes, it was. NC State and Phillip Rivers threw all over the KU defense. So far, so good. 9-9 nine to nine the score. We're all tied up at halftime. Into the second half we go. Third quarter play. This one worth seven points in the hard category for you, Chris. After being an All-American halfback, name this KU player who became an All-American quarterback in 1961. Um, Hadle. That is correct. John Hadle, the correct answer there, and good use of the rules. Last name does work, unless I need more if it's like a Smith or a Johnson or something like that. John Hadle, the correct answer. One of the greatest athletes for KU football. All-American running back and quarterback. How about that? Okay, uh, that is worth seven points. That puts Chris in front, 16-9. to nine. Back to you, Kyle, with a chance to tie. Despite being born in Manhattan, this Jayhawk quarterback ended up coming to KU and led the Jayhawks in passing and rushing in the 1967 season en route to all conference honors. What's his name? Pretty sure that was Bobby Douglas. 
That is correct. Very sure it's Bobby Douglas. Those were a couple good quarterbacks in the 60s for the Jayhawks. So, uh, so far, so good. I, I don't think you guys gave yourself enough credit for how good you could be in this event because 16 points, you do that, you're going to feel good most every week. But unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit more for one of you to win. 16 all the score into the fourth quarter we go. Back to you, Chris. He's worth eight points. Playing from 1973 <laughs> to 1976 this kansas running back is fourth in school history in rushing yards with 3074 of them what's his name john riggins not a bad guess Riggins was around that time frame, too. The correct answer is Laverne Smith. Laverne Smith, the uh, correct answer there. Okay, chance for you, Kyle, to get the win. Otherwise, we'll go to overtime. Be just our second overtime matchup. Kyle, playing from 2002 to 2005. This Kansas running back is fifth in school history in rushing yards with 2,754 of them. What's his name? Pretty sure that's John Cornish. It is not John Cornish. It is Clark Green. Clark Green. Godly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what your mind immediately goes to when you hear like 2005 range is John Cornish. But uh, Clark Green, the correct answer. Okay. So we're tied at 16. All knotted up here. And uh, Chris, I gave you the coin toss the first time. So Kyle, I'll give you the, the option on the coin toss here. Do you want heads or tails? Tails. All right. Tails it is. And Tails, it comes up with. So, Kyle, you have the option in overtime. Do you want to go first or second? And do you have any questions about how the overtime works? No, no questions. I will defer. So, I will go second. Okay. Second once again for Kyle. That means, Chris, you're up first in overtime. So, this is where the strategy comes in. Do you go for the gimme? Do you go for, you know, something difficult and, and risk missing it? And then someone else can, I don't, I don't know. That's up to you, Chris. Uh, but what category of question would you like to answer? Let's start off with uh, tier two. Okay, medium question it is. This is worth six points. Chris, playing from 2016 to 2019, this quarterback sits in fifth in KU history for most career passing yards. What's his name? Man, I can picture his face. Carter Stanley. Carter Stanley, the correct answer. Had a really good senior season, but it is crazy that he is fifth all-time at KU in uh, passing yards. Okay, uh, so Kyle, you have the option here. Do you want to go for the win and try to answer a hard question, or do you want to try to answer a medium and force double OT? I'm at 16 points right now. Yes, you are. Currently, Chris leads 22 to 16. Let's do the hard all right the hard for the walk-off win here in overtime this is the equivalent of scoring a touchdown and then going for two basically all right kyle name oh, i'm sorry um kansas won just one game in 1978 oddly enough that one win came against the eighth ranked team in the ap poll a 28 to 24 win over what pac-10 opponent 
we're gonna go with man. Um, uh, ten seconds. You know what? We'll just roll with it. How about uh, UCLA? At the buzzer, the guest comes up with a victory. KU won uh, one game uh, in 1978. It was over the number eight team in the country in UCLA. What a pull right there from Kyle. The, the one in ten guess. <laughs> what an unbelievable yeah. answer there from Kyle. Uh, yeah, that like you said, it was a one in ten guess. If you know your, your Pac-10 teams, that's basically what it came down to there uh, on the hard side of things. So, Kyle, I mean, was that just a complete guess? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's it's kind of weird. KU and UCLA have a little bit of a football history. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I just know, I mean, they played in a bowl game. UCLA came here, you know, back in the 90s. And it's just kind of like, you know what, let's let's just go with somebody who's kind of a uh, a common opponent, it seemed. And so I just pulled it, pulled it randomly. It was either going to be UCLA or I was thinking one of like the Oregon schools, but I just went with UCLA and called it good. After hearing the question, Kyle, were you immediately regretting your choice of picking a hard question? Did you think I should have just stayed in medium? 100%. As <laughs> soon as I heard 1978 with one win, I said, I'm, I'm in trouble. Well, Chris, that's a tough one to lose on. You basically lost on it. You know, you had, you had him scrambling around and he just threw it up basically like a Hail Mary in the corner of the end zone. And he came down with this remarkable grab. So on one hand, you shouldn't feel bad about your performance, but on the other hand, that's that's got to be pretty gut-wrenching, I'd imagine. Uh, it hurts a little bit, but he, he earned it. He went through the thought process on that question, which makes it a little less painful. Um, I, I don't know what I would have guessed on that. Probably the same logic, either UCLA or one of the Oregon schools or maybe Cal or Stanford. I don't know. That, that was a tough one. If, if you could go back or if you get put in another overtime game, did you, did you like your process of, of picking the medium round, the first one, or would you step it up? Well, it depends. If I had picked hard, would I have gotten that question first? Um, yes, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> then, I, then I think the process works. Okay. For me, at least. <laughs> All right. That always makes you feel better. That's, you know, right process, wrong result. But like I said, most games you score 16 points, you're going to come out with a win. That'll be good for you in the tiebreaker. Everything's still in front of you. You win out, or even if you win two of the next three, you could be looking at a bowl game from there. But, Kyle, that's certainly a big win for you. Guys, congratulations, and uh, thanks for joining on Trivia. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, thanks Derek. Derek. Good luck, Chris. Thanks. Bye. Man, two absolute great matchups today. Unbelievable. We had the first one where Andrew has to hit the fourth quarter of the last chance. I mean, both of them basically end on the last person answering the question. This one going to overtime. You feel bad for Chris because, like I said, most times you get 16 points. That's going to be good enough for a win. And then on top of it, it's not just that he got 16 in regulation. It's that he got 16 in regulation and answered the first question right in uh, trivia and, and just, you know, a, a good guess there from um, Kyle. That's mostly as we kind of get into the weeds here of, like, what the questions are. Usually the easies are like, okay, you should just know it. Mediums are, eh, it's going to take a little bit of thinking. It should be something I know. Like maybe I can't think of the name in the 30 seconds, but it'll be a name that after, if I get it wrong, like I hear the answer, I'll be like, oh, duh. Um, the hard round is more so, again, like it's going to be names you're going to have to think further on, or maybe they're more historical, or it's things where maybe you'd be able to logically come up with a guess, but it's going to be a one in 10, one in 12 guess, something like that. And then the really hard is like basically, it goes above and beyond the 
you know, being able to guess on like one through 10 and it's old and, and history stuff. But that was a great performance from both players. Uh, honestly, you know, maybe good enough to, to get both in the top 10. Uh, we'll kind of find out and, and see what the results uh, behold for, for next week and everything. But another fun day of RCST trivia. Again, if you missed any of our matchups, including today, you can check it out on the Best of RCST podcast later. I'm Derek Johnson, two hours down in the show, one to go. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk.